Now, more tips with your host, Rebecca Rogers. Remember that in our program, we present our opinion and the opinion of our guest, and is not to be interpreted as medical advice. Thank you so much for joining us here on Lifestyle Improvement today for part three of our interview with Dr. Melanie Greenberg. Dr. Greenberg was born in South Africa and experienced living without freedom of speech during the last years of the apartheid era. This made her an advocate to help empower people with the capacity for self-expression. Dr. Greenberg graduated with a doctorate in clinical psychology from Stony Brook University and a postdoctoral research fellowship in health psychology from City University of New York. She worked for more than a decade as a professor in the clinical health psychological doctoral program at Alliant University in San Diego, California. She has published more than 50 research articles in journals like the Journal of Personality and Social Psychology and has been a prominent speaker in many conferences. She has written chapters in books like Positive Psychology, Handbook of Health Psychology, and The Writing Cure. She currently writes for Psychology Today and has a blog titled Mindful Self-Express. She's also been named the most prominent psychologist to be followed on Twitter. This was done by the British Psychological Society with almost 50,000 Twitter followers. Her first book is titled The Stress-Proof Brain. This book offers comprehensive tools based on mindfulness, neuroscience, and positive psychology to help readers put a stop to unhealthy responses to stress and to empower the reader with strategies to master their emotional responses and create a more stress-tolerant brain. And now, here is our guest, Dr. Melanie Greenberg, and our host, Rebecca Rogers. Now, we now have a picture of mindfulness. The other piece that I wanted to talk about was self-compassion. In your book, and I think that that is so important because as caregivers, letting go is so powerful, so Mm -hmm. very powerful, but so difficult (laughs) Mm -hmm. for caregivers to do. We have a tendency to have such huge expectations of ourselves and to feel that we have responsibilities for even things that we have no control of. Mm-hmm. So how how does self-compassion take us to a place of acceptance and letting go? Self-compassion um, is a concept that, that has been defined by Kristen Neff. She's the author of a book on self-compassion. And she talks of three elements to it. One is, one is mindfulness. The second is self-kindness, like having the same kindness and care for yourself than you would for, you know, another human being that, you you know, we sometimes find it so much easier to have compassion for a friend or for, you know, our children or even a stranger than, and for ourselves, it's much more difficult. We would judge ourselves much more harshly than we would judge someone else in that same situation. And, um, Common humanity is the third one. Common humanity is the idea that that we're only human. Everybody makes mistakes. You're going to make mistakes. It's okay. You don't have to be perfect. And that is huge. That that piece is huge, especially for people, you know, kind of perfectionistic. And especially when you're dealing with a lot of things you can't control, it's easy to kind of blame yourself just mindlessly and, and, you know, beat yourself up, whereas in fact, Sometimes there isn't a good solution to a problem. And so, you know, putting pressure on yourself to find a good solution when, when there really isn't one can really can stress you out, basically. But understanding that sometimes 
sometimes maybe the only choices you have are choices between two bad alternatives and you have to look at the one that's less bad. That that can help, you know, de-stress the situation for you and give you a level of self-acceptance. And that's also where mindfulness comes in because it's letting go of, of like what you thought this should be, like letting go of your ex- kind of expectations of, you know, what you thought, you, you, how you thought you should be and what you thought the situation would be. And we're just allowing what is allowing, it's almost, they talk about radical acceptance, like allowing yourself just to accept what is and to learn to be okay with it. And that means also learning to be okay with you and and that you let, you know, you don't, you make mistakes and you don't do things perfectly, but also, you know, honoring yourself for the things you are doing because the mind, the brain has a negative bias. So you're going to focus on the things you're not doing. Also, our brains are wired to bring up unfinished tasks. So again, you're going to be thinking of all the things you have to do that you didn't do. Um, so, it, but you ha- so you have to practice getting on a different track, changing the channel, letting go and being able to stay with the positive, but also to stay with the kindness for yourself. Thank you. Those are important points. Very, very significant things that are powerful if you start to become aware of them on a daily basis. Mm -hmm. So thank you for sharing that. Now, you have given us several solutions already, but I'm wondering if you can just start giving us some real specific things that someone can start doing today. Just a couple of things that someone can begin to do in their life to change, to change their environment or to change their the way that they're looking at things in order to help their brain become more tolerant or to start that process of becoming aware of when they are feeling stress. Yeah, I guess that's even the first step is to become aware because if you're not if you're not aware then you can't really do anything about it. So the you know the first step might be I guess you could call it um notice and describe. And so, you know, it's noticing what are the signs of stress for you? And you know, there's very there's physiological signs of stress that are almost universal with your heart beats quickly, your breath gets shorter, maybe you get a bit sweaty or you know, heated up. Um some for some people there's anxiety, you know, Generally, there is a feeling of anxiety. For some people, it's worry as well. Um, so it's becoming aware of like when st- when stress begins, when that cycle begins in your body, or when your thoughts are sort of starting to you know go in a direction that's creating anxiety for you. Um, so that's step one. And then the second step is when you notice that, just I guess stop, stop everything you're doing, slow everything down. And, you know, and stop just going in this automatic direction because then the stress will build and build and build. Um, and I see that even with couples, for example, you know, when they're, they're getting stressed and they're getting wound up. If you don't stop, you're just going to go, you know, create a destructive cycle and exacerbate things. Um, so stop, notice, stop. Um, and w- so then notice, notice what's happening in your body. Where is the feeling? Is it in your chest or your belly? What is the feeling? Is it heavy or light, for example? Is it fast or slow? And um, can you give an emotion word to that feeling? Like fear, most often it's fear or sadness. Is it? A, is it? Is there more than one feeling there? Well, sometimes there's fear, but underneath there's sadness. Um, or there's anger, but underneath this there's sadness. And, you know, then just allow yourself to breathe, slow everything down, breathe into the tight places in your body, stretch, and then ask, feel your feet on the ground and ask yourself what 
what do I need now? And, you know, just try to identify what's, what's the unmet need that's creating stress for you, whether it's for security, whether it's for comfort or validation, whether it's for company and soothing or fun, <laughs> yeah, what, what <laughs> <laughs> security, predictability, what's the need? And then to look at whether that need can be met or if it isn't to kind of, you know, how can you kind of comfort yourself, acknowledge maybe that the need is real, but you know, that can't be met right now. That's perfect. Thank you so much. And I just wanted to add one thing. You talked about stopping to pay attention. And one of the things, one of the little strategies that I use for my my kiddos is, you know, how when you're, they're crossing the street, they mm-hmm. teach them to stop, look and listen. And, uh-huh. and I actually teach them to stop, look at their environment and listen mm-hmm. just in general. Because that's really the concept of mindfulness is to stop mm-hmm. and listen. And mm-hmm. so it's I like very, that. Yeah. So it's very useful. You're, you're welcome to use it. It's very <laughs> useful for them because they've heard this so many times. Stop, look and listen. That to uh-huh. transfer it into being aware of their environment in general is a lot easier. So I noticed that that using that those three words stop look and listen for the for kids for younger kids is really useful. So that sounds great. Yeah. yeah. And for adults I just like notice and describe. I guess would be Right. That's perfect because they can they can actually do that. They can describe yeah. <laughs> easier. Yeah. So that's kids can't always that's right. Correct. <laughs> correct. So in your last chapter you talk about some real specific suggestions on how to live a healthy life. And knowing that you are an expert in health psychology, I'm excited to hear what you think should be the priorities to focus on for the really busy caregiver, because caregivers usually have an excuse why they should, they can't, they mm-hmm. just can't take care of themselves. There is no time, not enough time. And that is, is really probably for many of them, that is definitely a problem or an issue. Mm-hmm. But Unfortunately, they still have to take the time to do so. So if you were to be talking directly to the caregivers today, keeping in mind that last chapter that is full of choices and full of suggestions Mm -hmm. of things that they can do to take care of themselves, what would be the most important things if they had to take 10 minutes a day that they should do uh, on a daily basis to avoid getting ill or having difficulties and health issues down the road. Just this, a couple of the most important things to help prevent problems later. This is your host, Rebecca, and now we will take a short break and we will be right back with more ideas on lifestyle improvement. As a caregiver, you spend your days caring for the needs of someone else. But what are you doing to help yourself? In our Caregiver Survival 101 workshop, we teach you the self-help skills that will empower you to be healthier and more productive. Do you feel tired, overwhelmed, have difficulty sleeping? Do you feel isolated? All this could be signs of caregiver stress. Chronic stress can impact your health adversely and ultimately cause irreversible and unwanted physical problems. 
Take a step towards your own personal care. A healthy caregiver is a better caregiver. You owe it to yourself and your loved ones to do what is needed to stay healthy today. Go to www.caregiversurvival101.com. That again is www.caregiversurvival101.com. And discover how we can help you help yourself. Or call 877-957-7387, extension 101. That again is 877-957-7387, extension 101. Caregiver Survival 101, because care starts with you. What would be the most important things if they had to take 10 minutes a day that they should do uh, on a daily basis to avoid getting ill or having difficulties and health issues down the road? Just this, a couple of the most important things to help prevent problems later. So I guess I would say um, either either go for a walk or meditate <laughs> if you have 10 minutes. Some people, you know, take to one, some people take to the other. But those are both things you can, sometimes you, I guess it depends if you can leave the person. But if you can't, maybe you could stretch or do some yoga stretches or any kind of stretching. And I guess another thing would be just take a break, like read a book for 10 minutes, do something for you and, you know, allow yourself to let go, basically. So those are those are two. Those are some things that I would suggest. Um, exercise is, is big in a number of ways because exercise affects the brain. Exercise can give you more energy. Um, sometimes I said aerobic exercise, like walking or running and exercise creates dopamine, which is kind of a pleasure chemical. And, you know, sometimes caregivers have like a lack of positive experiences so they might be low dopamine and exercise helps you focus and think clearly so that's a really big one meditation we talked about how it can change the brain it can make you more self-accepting self-compassionate empathic to others and stress tolerant there's also sleep you know just make sure don't that you try to get sleep and if you can't sleep don't like get up rather than sitting and lying and worrying because there's something called sleep hygiene, which is that you don't let yourself lie for more than 15 minutes. If you're in your bed for 15, 20 minutes and you're not sleeping, you get up, get up and like do some, read a book, watch a TV program, make yourself tea or whatever. Um, Cause worry, anxiety leads to worry and worry keeps you awake. And then I also think social support is important. So, you know, like reaching out to other people, you can give you emotional support, talking to your friends or family about how you're feeling or a therapist. That's that's important for health too. So those are some of the big ones. And eating and eating, you know, in a healthy way as to, as best you can, even if sometimes you don't have enough time to really cook the bit, you know, tons of beautiful meals, but just do the best you can with it. Try to try to have some kind of a system so it's not it's not all fast food. So those are definitely necessary things in order to take care of yourself properly um, so that later on you don't have to pay the price by having health issues. So thank you. That was an excellent list of really <laughs> important things. Now, I cannot let you go <laughs> because mm-hmm. I have a, a, a budding interest in this area right now. You did some research, I believe, and correct me if I'm wrong, uh, concerning writing. And mm-hmm. the the use of writing to help with you know, to ameliorate the uh, the results of stress to the brain, 
And you also wrote for the writing book or the writing cure. You also wrote mm-hmm. for the writing cure. So talk to us, if you don't mind, a little bit sure. about writing and creative writing. And because this is something, writing is something I would think pretty easy to do as far as being able mm-hmm. to access a piece of paper and a pencil or a computer to type and something that probably doesn't have to take a lot of time. So it seems like it would be a good strategy to adopt if it works for you, correct? Go ahead. Go ahead. Correct, yeah. And in fact, I do have patients who who, are, who use journaling as a coping strategy. And I have caregiving patients that do that. Um, because, you know, it's some way to put the emotions. Sometimes you can't talk about stuff to the caregiver, I mean, to the person who's sick as much or you don't want to burden them. Um, so it's some way to put the emotions. It also gets it out of your head. And, and when you put it on paper, it can sometimes be a bit easier to let go and not to hold on to it so much. And, you know, often anger can be a good thing, good one to write about or your sadness or your fear. Um, but it's also developing a mindful relationship with yourself where you're becoming more self-aware. Um, you can also notice patterns in your writing, you know, like trying, if you're writing, criticizing yourself a lot, try to notice that, try to be kinder. Um, so, yeah, it is, it's, it's a really good strategy. And research has shown that it has health benefits. And um, some, some studies show that just in general, some studies show that if certain people benefit more than others. Maybe people that are, you know, that like to express their emotions or people who have been holding things back and, and are ready now, ready, ready to, to move forward and, and express. That is a great strategy to share, because like you said, it really lets you be able to work through all those emotions that may be in there. That maybe you don't feel comfortable sharing with anyone else, but mm-hmm. you, know, you can put in a piece of paper or your computer and it can be a way of really venting. Yeah. And if sometimes if you don't let it out, it can come out in the wrong way. You know, it can be like mean or snappish or you can shut down. So, or you can get, you can stress your body out. So it's important to take care of yourself and and writing can be a way of doing that. Perfect. Thank you, Dr. Greenberg. Well, we're getting here to the end of the program and I, I thank you so much. You're such a source of, a wealth of information, and I appreciate so much your time. You were so busy. You go all over the world, and you can tell mm-hmm. us a little bit of that at the end. But I wanted to ask you just one last thing. I always ask my authors or my guests to leave us with a, a gem, one gift for them to change their life in a positive way. With all the wealth of knowledge that you have, what would that piece of information be? <laughs> That's a really good question because there's so many. There are so many things you can do. So I, would, I guess I would say there's not one size fits all. Um, you know, so there's different strategies. Some people writing would be the best. Some people exercise. Um, some people meditating. Uh, so it's not one strategy, but I think it's finding the one that's best for you. You know, like, and I guess if I had to just say one simple thing, and might be it might be just breathing, just exhaling, um, because breathing can actually calm down the stress response. And when you slow down your breath, like slow, deep, rhythmic breathing, um, so you can really just take have a, a short inhale 
a long exhale. And in the exhale, you might say, let go, or you might say peace, or you might say love. And that'll calm down the stress response in your body. And it's, it's something you can do in, you know, a few, less than a minute. So that's why I like it. I love it. I love breathing. (laughs) Besides the everyday breathing, I love breathing as a strategy is number one in my list. That's for sure. And uh, (laughs) so easy to do. And really something that can be done without nobody knowing you're doing it. You can do that as well. Breathe. And I also think feel your feet on the ground. Um, Sometimes the stress response can take you over and you can go spinning off somewhere. And So just bringing yourself back, feel your body in the chair, feel your feet on the ground. Take slow, deep, take slow, deep breath with a long exhale. And you'll change your physiology because um, that, that um, pulls on the parasympathetic nervous system to come in and, and take us out of fight or flight and into a more relaxed state. Yes, yes, yes. Perfect. So breathe slowly. Ground yourself by putting your feet flat on the floor. Mm -hmm. And paying attention, just noticing the points of contact of your feet on the floor, your body in the chair. I like that. And in addition to that, always be prepared to self-explore or self-discover so that you can Mm -hmm. continue to change according to what the situation requires. And so that you know yourself, know yourself better. Correct? Exactly. Know yourself and learn to to accept yourself and work towards change at the same time. It's a delicate balance, but that that's the thing to strive for. Perfect. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you so much for your time, Dr. Greenberg. This information is incredibly powerful and important and helpful. And I hope our listeners go and purchase your book, The Stress-Proof Brain by Dr. Melanie Greenberg, so they can find out ways in which this book can guide them to help their brains change. Like you very nicely say in in, in part of your book, how the brain can be changed. It does take Mm -hmm. time and it does does take focus, but it can happen. And in your book, you present this very well. And of course, your book can be purchased in Amazon.com. And I believe you also have it in Audible and you also have it as an electronic Mm -hmm. book, correct? Yeah, Kindle. I think Amazon Kindle. Correct. Audible and you know, just a regular book. You have it in all the formats and you have tons and tons and tons of Twitter followers. <laughs> <laughs> so you are very 21st century psychologist. That's sure. <laughs> I try. I, I love know. that. I love that. Dr. Greenberg, tell us just real quick what your website address is. And if someone wants to get a hold of you and wants to maybe learn more about what you teach and where you are, what would they do? So my website is drmelaniegreenberg.com, D-R, Melanie Greenberg, which is my name, um, B-E-R-G. And if, when you go to my website, there's actually a blog on the website. So there's lots of resources for healing your life or for living healthier or for relationships and so on, mindfulness. So you can read some of the articles. Um, and you could actually sign up for my newsletter. So I have a regular newsletter with, with um, articles and information, information about what I'm doing or you know, my upcoming events where I've been in the press, but also just articles with information for you to help you 
Um, you can read my, I have a blog on psychology today called the mindful self express. It's my, the mindful self dash express. That's the one with all, with all the views. Um, so you can read articles there and on my website, this, you can fill out a form or there's a contact information. If you'd like to get hold of me, I love to do speaking engagements and workshops and also do some coaching internationally. And of course, I'm a therapist. Wonderful. And you do travel all over the world doing conferences because we literally had to had to call and wait for you to be done with all the many conferences you have going everywhere. <laughs> and we are glad that we did because this has been absolutely joyous, a joyous time to spend with you. Thank you again, Thank Dr. You. Greenberg. Absolutely. Thank you so much. And please feel free to come back to visit us anytime that you would like to share more with our listeners. It was a pleasure Thank to you. have you. And so I hope you come back to visit us. Okay. Thank you. Yeah. And, and I hope that your listeners can take something away that, that will be healing for them. Thank you so much. Remember that in our program, we present our opinion and the opinion of our guest and is not to be interpreted as medical advice. Thank you so much for joining us here on Lifestyle Improvement today for part three of our interview with Dr. Melanie Greenberg. Dr. Greenberg was born in South Africa and experienced living without freedom of speech during the last years of the apartheid era. This made her an advocate to help empower people with the capacity for self-expression. Dr. Greenberg graduated with a doctorate in clinical psychology from Stony Brook University and a postdoctoral research fellowship in health psychology from City University of New York. She worked for more than a decade as a professor in the clinical health psychological doctoral program at Alliant University in San Diego, California. She has published more than 50 research articles in journals like the Journal of Personality and Social Psychology and has been a prominent speaker in many conferences. She has written chapters in books like Positive Psychology, Handbook of Health Psychology, and The Writing Cure. She currently writes for Psychology Today and has a blog titled Mindful Self-Express. She's also been named the most prominent psychologist to be followed on Twitter. This was done by the British Psychological Society with almost 50,000 Twitter followers. Her first book is titled The Stress-Proof Brain. This book offers comprehensive tools based on mindfulness, neuroscience, and positive psychology to help readers put a stop to unhealthy responses to stress and to empower the reader with strategies to master their emotional responses and create a more stress-tolerant brain. Thank you so much for joining us today here on Lifestyle Improvement. And don't forget to join your host, Rebecca Rogers, again for more tips on lifestyle improvement.